Hello everyone and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, it's a recent acquisitions episode, and we've got a lot of that to talk about. Let's jump right into it because we really do have a lot of stuff to talk about uh, because we haven't done one of these in a little bit because we took a week off to talk to the fellas from Order of Battle, so we've got a lot of stuff on our plate. Let me just say, going into this, that this year, when I reflect on it, is maybe one of the most aggressive years I've had collecting in a very long time. I think I've done more for my collection this year than maybe in the last 10 years. I've finally started like organizing what I have. I've started taking note of pieces that are missing to complete things. I am putting a plan in motion to complete things kind of in a chronological sense and also i'm prepping for construction that's happening in my room so i'm really excited to don't typically have a plan of attack when it comes to how i collect and get stuff done and i'm sure i've mentioned this before but a lot of my collection is stuff that i picked up when i was very young and has carried over to my adult life and because of that a lot of that stuff is i don't want to say damaged but there's a lot of stuff in my collection that's missing parts some very significant and some very small but i'm starting to make a more concentrated effort on finishing that stuff up and i'm starting to kind of see that is starting to yield some results finally and it's pretty exciting so we'll do a little back and forth because i know we both have a pretty good handful of stuff and we'll sift through you know what's actually worth talking about the first thing i have on my list is actually i'm going to talk a little bit about the what i just said is that my restoration and my completionist work when we went to kentuckiana i had picked up a tomahawk that was missing the tow cable and a winch and i don't think i've mentioned this on a previous episode but i did pick that up so now the only thing that my tomahawk is missing is it has a broken uh, canopy or windshield whatever you want to call it and then so i still need to get that but, but I did pick up the winch and the tow cable, which was, you know, a pretty big deal. Uh, also, seems like we talk about this every episode, but the Sky Striker that I've restored, that <laughs> that we talk, that every time we talk about it, I go, well, I'm pretty much done with it, and then I find something else. So I did pick up the second seat for the cockpit, which I wasn't sure I was really going to do, but it kind of fell in my lap. And simultaneously, the front cover for the landing gear also showed up in, in the same deal so i picked that up so now this restored sky striker is literally only missing the two back covers for the wheels and i mean the parachutes i guess if you want to get serious about it i don't want to, i'm not going to talk about it any more than that other than i keep because i keep saying i'm done with it and then i keep getting a little bit more complete with it but it really has turned into quite quite a delightful restoration project it's as i mean it's almost a hundred percent at this point which is amazing i actually really love hearing about the sky striker restoration because like it was so cool being able to see what it started as and now now like it being pretty much done it'll be pretty much done and then find more pieces and who knows but it, it's just really cool to see like you know especially nowadays where we throw everything away and you went back and have you've increased the amount of near complete or complete sky strikers in the world uh my next big project for that is my crusader has severe yellowing and has for a very long time i'm gonna do a better job of documenting the process now that i kind of know what works and what doesn't 
and I'm going to put that through the ringer probably uh, probably sometime early next year because i got to find an appropriate container to hold it. And basically, you just have to have like a little workspace to get it done. But I am excited to see that completed. Going into it, I would have thought, ah, this probably can't be saved. But now having seen firsthand the results of the Sky Striker, I have no doubt that if done in the appropriate way, it will probably look fantastic. So that's something to look forward to. I, there's a, the only other thing I have on the in terms of restoration is I have a Toxo Lab uh, that I bought as a kid, and I have for the most part taken pretty good care of it because it's one of my favorite playsets. Except at some point, top piece of it had a, got a huge crack in it, broke basically not in half, but has was very significantly damaged, and and, and it showed. I replaced the entire top base i bought an entire new top base i thought well if i'm going to do this i'm going to go ahead and take it to the next step i went on uh, toy hacks slash cobra stickers and i bought a whole new set of repro labels for it so i took the whole thing apart which isn't much admittedly cleaned everything off that was on it and applied all new stickers put the new base on it's only missing one thing now and it's just this little tube that goes from the gun down to the base somewhere and then it'll be 100%, which is very exciting because I do think the Toxolab is an absolutely great piece. It's kind of a high-priced item because it's so late in the line. And yeah, I, I love it a lot. And it looks really good. The repro labels didn't make, I won't say a significant difference, but it did make a difference. It looks it looks really, really good. I'm really happy with it. I'm really excited to see. I haven't got to look at those yet. Like I've seen pictures of it, but I think the Toxolab is super cool. I'm into a lot of the later stuff. Uh, which you'll see on my list. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the Toxolab's so cool. The Eco Warriors are super cool. Um, and, you know, me not having that growing up with it, that nostalgia for it, it, it allows me to kind of look through it and pick and choose what I like a lot more than, uh, you know, having, having it ingrained in me. Yeah. So. That was kind of on the restoration side of things. I've got a, I've picked up some stuff that's not here yet. Um, I, like I said, I've been making a list of things chronologically that I'm missing. Basically, uh, this list doesn't really reflect that because I'm a very random shopper. But I have gone straight back to the beginning, 1982, 1983 era. I looked at all the vehicles, and then I just started going, do I have this? What kind of condition is in? Do I need it? And a lot of the stuff... And I'm missing are these, they made these like little play sets and these little like very small kind of like weapon stations, I guess would be a good descriptor. And I did not have those as a kid and have never felt a strong sense of uh, compulsion to buy them. But now that I'm entering a different phase of like collecting, I, I do want to start knocking that stuff off. So I picked up a steering wheel for my vamp because that was the only thing I was missing. Hey, the obligatory vamp talk. And I started picking up some early ve- early vehicles and like little tiny playsets that I've never had. Uh, and I'm just going to list some of them off and we'll knock them all out and talk about, talk about them at once. I picked up a original law. I picked up the air defense battle station, which is just two gigantic missiles essentially on a little rotating thing. I picked up a Polar Battle Bear because I only had a modern one. I picked up a Bivouac because that's another small playset. If you're not familiar with that, it's just like a little tent station. I picked up a 
Cobra Snake, which is like the little suit of armor that they go in. I've never really been a big fan of those, but I wanted to kind of cross off all that stuff that I could. I picked up a HAL um, because I can continuously think I have one, and then I, but it turns out to be the flat cannon. And I think that's all the really early era stuff. But essentially what I've been doing is I pull up 3D Joe's, I pull up the year, I look at the whole list and I think, well, this is what I've got or don't have, and this is what I need. And I've basically crossed off the first couple of years. Now, there are some exceptions to that. Almost every year seems to have something in it that's just like, good luck, baby, you're never going to get this. And I am allowing myself like a skip. I don't want my collection to stall because I don't have the Sears exclusive Cobra Bissell Command cardboard set. And if I stop <laughs> buying stuff until I buy that, I, who knows how long that's going to take. So I am allowing myself to like skip over some high price stuff. And then maybe, I don't know, whenever this starts to wrap up, if ever, I'll come back and start looking at some high price stuff. So with that in mind, the 1982 vehicle set, I have 100% completed with the exception of my Ram has a broken kickstand and that's it. Everything else is 100% complete. Pretty big deal. Not Also, obviously, not including the Missile Command that I just mentioned. Uh, maybe someday, uh, but today is not that day. Also, huge find, but I got all three of the Pack Rats, which are listed at the, the end of 1983's vehicle set. If you're not familiar with the Pack Rats, it's three very small remote control weapons is a flamethrower a machine gun and a missile launcher and i was having a really hard time tracking these down because they all come with like a small walkie-talkie size controller there's a lot of like pieces that are commonly broken or missing so that had become a challenge and but i knocked that off like this month i found a dude that was selling all three of them I think it was for like $50. Great deal. Absolute steal. So I scooped that up and worked out well. So having said that, looking at the 1983 vehicle list, the only thing I don't have is the Cobra Viper Glider and the Falcon Glider, which I've looked at are very expensive because they're easily broken. And so that's kind of like my pass for 83. Like if I saw one and it was at a reasonable deal, I want it, but I've got to allow myself to keep moving forward because I'm not particularly impressed by either one of those pieces i'm certainly not going to fly them because they'll probably burst into flame from the friction of the <laughs> wind so so that's my pass for 83 having said that everything else 1983 basically completely done so i'm basically ready to, to start digging into 1984 looking at the 1984 list of things is going is where things start to kind of get i can see that i've got a little bit more work cut out for me i don't own a complete cobra stinger i haven't looked at all the stuff on this list to see what's incomplete but i know my well still needs a little bit of work i did order a set of veins for the back propellers which was pretty pricey and was probably like the biggest thing i'm missing also this is where the little bat they're called battle stations and battlefield accessories but at the end of 80 the 84 checklist this is where things start to get challenging for me because all of these like non-vehicle sets come out i mentioned that i got the bivouac i also picked up a watchtower recently and i've been collectively kind of assembling the machine gun missile and mortar battlefield accessories or defense units and a lot of these parts are they are interchangeable they're they come with like little sandbags and uh oil cans or or fuel canisters and you will see the same things. 
like I kept pulling out these little security guns that go on the original headquarters and it turns out that they were used in a couple of different little sets which I was unaware of so this becomes a game of how many parts is in this defense unit how many of those parts do I have how many of those parts do I need is it you know do I want to buy these couple try to find these parts individually do I just give up and try to find a hundred percent complete one that has has stalled me quite a bit because I haven't had the time to map out what I have and what I don't. Like I have a mountain howitzer, which is like a big long range cannon, but it also comes with like a little binocular set, which I don't have. So I can't mark it off until it's complete. <laughs> so anyway, that's chronologically speaking, that's about where I'm at is in I'm around the 84 era and it's going to take a little bit of work. Not a ton. I mean, other than that Cobra stinger and that vamp mark two, I do have a, you know, a lot of stuff that's on it. And certainly the, you know, if I was, if we were taking a pass on anything in here, it would be the whale. The whale is probably the single most expensive thing out of 84 to get in good condition. And my whale is, you know, I would say 85, 90% complete. So I'm working on finding either repro parts or original parts for it to bring it up to full capacity. But it is, it is very close uh, because I bought it a long time ago and have been working on it kind of perpetually here and there. But now I'm serious about it because I'm starting to like actually go down the checklist of what's included with it. And, uh, and start to knock them off. So I'm pretty excited about that. Anyway, that's how I'm working chronologically. And going forward in recent acquisitions, I think you're probably going to find that's the stuff that's going to keep popping up is I really do want to keep knocking them out. I want to keep moving forward all the way to the end of the Vintage line. I don't know how feasible that is or how long it's going to take, but at this point, or my figures are not out on display to look at them, to work on them com and completing them, this is kind of like my new passion. And luckily for me... I haven't hit any major obstacles yet. I haven't had any one thing where I'm like, oh, this is going to take forever. Having the ability to take a pass, you know, here and there is going to keep me moving forward. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that the 1985 also has more battle stations and more battlefield accessory units. And that stuff seems to take the longest for me to track down. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm at chronologically, vehicle-wise. Before I get into some of the other stuff I picked up, why don't you... Go ahead and tell me some stuff that you've been picking up recently. So the first one is is, and I'm not sure, and I apologize if I've already covered this once. Um, it was I bought it at a very weird time. I went to Joe Fest in Augusta and bought a bunch of stuff and talked about what I bought there. Um, and then I think our next big talk about what we had purchased was at Kentuckyana which was only a month apart. So, uh, but between there in that, in that month, I still couldn't stop myself. Um, I bought a Moray, a, uh, a hydrofoil and Holy cow. It's amazing. It's, it is missing the lens. So it is 90, whatever percent complete. It's, uh, it's missing just the lens. That's the only thing that I need. Um, and it's my first time seeing one, playing with one, anything. And um, I actually took it out today, day of recording, and we took it to a creek, and we had a blast with it. Me and my kids were playing with it in the water, and it uh, it, it did okay. It it didn't capsize a single time, so <laughs> so that's a good thing. I didn't want to interrupt you, but my before, as soon as you started talking, my first question was going to be like, "Hey, you got that lens?" Because that lens is, you know, enters kind of like parachute sky striker territory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's they're very hard to find. They're very often missing. It's comes down to a question of how important is 
completionism in the face of, I, I mean, I don't want to say insignificant, but I mean, come on, the lens to the to the Moray is <laughs> tiny, insignificant. I mean, un, un, essentially unnoticeable unless you're just somebody that knows what rare pieces to look for. You know what I mean? And do you is that something that you think? you will pursue not an original one i'll repro it if i have to i don't i if i am ever going to need that piece i will just do some editing on a photo that i take and make it look like there's an actual light i can't fault you there man i mean it is hard to justify well and for me like i for what i do i don't want to take an original rare piece away from someone who's gonna put it on a shelf and collect it and display it like i took mine out to a freaking creek today and had a eight-year-old and a six-year-old playing <laughs> with it um with me supervising sure. but uh <laughs> you know i mean it, it i am not i am buying these as toys and as things to to have fun with and that is that is what i'm using them for so i don't want to I, I'm not getting hung up on the minutia of a, a specific lens or a steering wheel or uh, like on my Wolverine, the tow cable, like that stuff doesn't bother me. I think that stuff for the average collector has to kind of fall under the, the, the pass. You know what I mean? Like I file it under the same category as missile command. It is something I want. It is something I'd like. But there's so much more you can do with that money than buy that. Unless the Moray is like your favorite vehicle or you're, you know, you got deep pockets, then I guess go to it. But I'm not going to just stop everything that I'm doing until I can pay, you know, a ton of money just to get this one little lens. Because I don't know how much satisfaction that would really bring me. And also, I'm going to be up front. I'm not great at taking care of my stuff. <laughs> so the odds that I would buy it and lose it or one of my cats would eat it is pretty high. So I think it's more responsible for me to like kind of look at other things that I can do with my money. Anyway, I'm glad you got that. It is a great piece. The Moray is amazing. I have one that is does need much more work than yours because I bought it a long time ago and it wasn't complete then. It's uh, it's in okay shape. Yeah, I want to get I want to get like a like the GI Joe version and like the blue one. Um, heck, I, I would honestly take pretty much any version. That Toys R Us one uh, is the G.I. Joe one, which I do have, and I, I think is real cool. That blue one is a con one. Oh, is it? That's going to be that's gonna cost you a pretty penny. I don't have that one either. A lot, I don't have hardly any of the con vehicles because they were sold separately from the like, con set. Mm. And our, like most con stuff, is very limited numbers, which drives the price up also. I'm not going to say it's not worth the money because they are great pieces, but I, I'm over here just trying to get a freaking checkpoint alpha i can't <laughs> i can't be looking at that stuff all right what else you got um i mean so then the next thing is uh, it's another it's a weird one is a uh somebody was selling three sonic fighter vipers so i bought all three of them so that takes my total up to four sonic fighter vipers that's extremely random <laughs> it is it absolutely is were they complete they were not complete, but they were very, very affordable, and I don't, I, I don't care about. I definitely don't need that giant backpack. I will never have that, and I will not. I won't use the sound effects. Ah, oh, man, you're missing out. <laughs> Am I? No. <laughs> it probably sounds like <laughs> summoning some under or eldritch horror or something now. After all the time has passed. Let me see what that. Go ahead. You can keep talking. I'm gonna. I wanted to look and see what they say. Okay. 
Don't tell me because I do have one and I don't know if it works or not. I'll put a battery in it and we'll we'll figure it out eventually. I do have one of one of the backpacks. The original, the first one I bought was uh, missing one gun was the only thing it was missing. I like the design of it. I don't know why I love those colors, that gold and orange. Just it, it it's such a cool color combination that I didn't think of. Uh, so that's why I bought it. I mean, I like it. So and I'm they. I would like to say those would be my last, but I mean, who knows? If I find another person selling a couple that are a good deal, I might buy those too because I'm dumb and make poor decisions. But uh, they have a couple weapons. I do want to talk about this paint scheme on this Viper a little bit, but I did listen to all four electronic battle sounds, and you're not missing on it on anything. The, <laughs> the ones, the ones that are great are the ones that there's a, I guess a separate, a second wave of these where they actually would say things. I find a tremendous amount of amusement out of they'll be like cover attack cover attack Arborbot's amazing uh communication skills i do <laughs> i do feel like carry over to the sonic fighters but these sonic fighters are not the ones that talk there's a there's another wave of them i'm specifically thinking of uh, there's an overkill uh, okay <clears throat> they're called supersonic fighters and they would actually say pretty dumb things <laughs> <laughs> But um, before you move on to your next thing, I do want to talk about your fascination with this is a uh, Viper V3. So Viper V3 has got like a kind of a brown outfit with gold highlights, gold helmet, red visor. I do like this Viper color scheme. It's never been used because I think the classic blue is hard to trump. But in terms of just how many times they've tried to recolor the Viper, I do think this is one of the better ones. It really fits the era of the Cobra Commander that has the gold helmet with the red visor because it's like a very similar feel. I feel like if you use these Vipers and that Cobra Commander, they would be they would be like really complementary to one another. I need to find that Cobra Commander then because I love that color. I, that Cobra Commander, which is an unpopular outfit, I loved as a kid because the I thought the helmet was extremely cool. So he's got a helmet on. Is he the one, is he blue? He's blue. He has like a big gold medallion with a cobra symbol on his torso. Yeah, and yeah. A Look gold at him. Helmet. V4. Yeah, that's a great. I, I think that figure is very good. They used him in the comic book for a really, really short amount of time, and but I thought it was I liked it a lot back then. Oh, and you can see his face through his mask a little bit. Yeah, there was Look a. You can take that mask off. And oh. it would have like an unpainted but molded, you know, face behind it that now I see it. See his face there. Yeah, I like this cover commander. It's weird. I gotta buy one now. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to make a new cover commander outfit because people are immediately gonna push back on it. And but I think in retrospect, I think this is a pretty cool attempt. It looks much better like when they put it in the comic book and again he only he's only in it for like maybe th i don't know, two or three issues tops and he goes back to the norm but i think when they drew it they gave it a lot more style there as well mm. gets a lot of hate doesn't deserve it hard to believe that this is 1991 and only the fourth cobra commander when we would go on to have you know 50 plus cobra commanders more arguably one of you know one of the most variations of a, f a figure out there and by 91 there had been four you know completely unique versions of his it's outfit wild that 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 cobra commander is older than i am yeah that's great let's move on <laughs> uh so uh the next thing the next uh the next figure i picked up was a general flag v1 with his like 
aviator jacket and his little little general hat. Right. General Flag Jr., technically. Oh, okay. Well, I think we talked about this before, that this general flag this general flag is not the general flag from our from the comic books that we've been reading. This is supposed to be his son. I don't know why they felt the need to do that, and I don't know I don't know how he made it to the rank of general also, unless it was just because of his name. Nepotism. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, yeah, it says carrying on where his father left off, General Flag likes to be in the thick of it. Meaning he needs a personal weapon as devastating as the G.I. Joe Brawler, a vehicle that most G.I. Joes wouldn't be caught dead in. <laughs> yeah. So to I mean, yeah, to date there's only one we talked about this also, but when we covered issue five, Tanks for the Memories, they made a comic book three pack and they put a general flag in there which was the one and only original general flag figure they've ever made except on the file card to that they describe him as the son of general flag which is (laughs) wild because this is definitely general flag senior featured in the book i don't know why they did that unless there was some legal reasoning behind it like they weren't allowed to make it the original one but and general flag i i don't know what else to call him other than general flag jr to keep the difference apart general flag jr has he's never third he's never done anything he doesn't lead the team he doesn't really seem to exist in the history of gi joe general flag jr the third is a leader that likes to be in the thick of it okay he doesn't need your slander. General Flag Jr. the third sounds like somebody that went on the Gilligan's Island expedition. <laughs> yeah, he was right behind uh, the professor and Marianne. Builds radios out of coconuts. Not anyway. <laughs> sorry, which one of these did you get? I got the I got the V one, so the one with the tan jacket, not the black jacket. Okay, that is the one I had as a kid. Also, it wasn't until I got serious about completing my run that I had to track down the black jacket because I had just. It just doesn't seem to, I guess it just wasn't as abundant out there. Or maybe because I bought the brown one first, I was like, I don't need this again. I bought him for one photo that has not seen the light of day yet on our Instagram. Give me uh, give me one more thing and then we'll... So let's go with I bought a Beachhead V1 complete. Pretty commonly broken crotch piece on those guys. Um, so difficult, We're getting harder and harder to find one that's in very good shape. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was one of those things that I was searching for a Snake Eyes V2 for a whole long time, and I couldn't find one. And I kept kept looking, and I kept looking. So finally, I just did the little, let's just see what's out there, and found him. And was shocked that he was actually complete and not broken and busted up. Great figure. Absolutely one of the defining-like figures from that run. Does really stand out as an absolute mvp even of that very competitive year and i'm not a huge beachhead fan i mean i don't have anything against him but still just an amazing figure from head to toe all right so back to me (laughs) i wasn't really familiar with this but apparently in 1991 they remolded quick kick for a mail-away offer from hasbro direct and he was available from like 91 to 94 to put that in perspective quick kick came out in 1985 1986 and there so that's quite a bit after the fact. And apparently the mail order version was manufactured in, it was, I think it was Brazil as opposed to China historically. It's kind of how the production runs. So this particular quick kick um, has like kind of like fun school colors is how I would describe it. Their colors are much brighter. The skin tone is like a little bit more like peachy instead of tan. 
the plastic is cheaper. Um, and then the, uh, all, the accessories also are kind of wobbly. So I didn't know that when I bought it. I was just like, cool, here's one that's in the bag. And I'm not mad about it because in a very real sense, it's a not a different figure, but it's a significant variation from the one that I have, which is pleasing when you're collecting. So that came in, I checked them out in the bag, and I thought, yeah, I'll probably find like a display for this to have as I am just kind of slowly toying with the market to see what's available out there. Um, but it was it was cheap, uh, but maybe you know, it was probably around the same price as a, a complete regular Quick Kick would be, except this one's never been touched by human hands, so that makes it a little bit more appealing to me. And while we're talking about vintage figures that I picked up, I'm going to go ahead and knock some other stuff off of this list that I picked up. So even though I don't have my figure, my figures are all put away in kind of like tackle boxes where I took them off of my old home, off of the shelf of my old house. And I've they're in like a staging area until my shelving gets done. So it's really hard for me to see something and go, do I have this? Do I need it? Is it complete? Blah, blah, blah. But there are some things that I know right off the top of my head that are incomplete. And so if I see stuff like that, I usually try to go ahead and grab it. And to, so to that effect, uh, somebody was selling a complete bullhorn, uh, who I think is a very underrated character. Uh, if you're not familiar with bullhorn, Jaron, he's kind of like the negotiator. He comes with like a big megaphone to like talk people down or whatever. Doesn't get a lot of use. Almost bought him one time and then somebody else claimed him before I got him. Doesn't get a lot of use in the books, but I think is a pretty good character. He is in that era of uh, just before things go kind of get wild. He's like that Lightfoot, Repeater, all those guys kind of come to mind as figures that are like, these are pretty good figures, but they're so close to the breaking point for many people in the collection that I feel like they get overlooked a lot. Anyway, I have had a bullhorn for a very long time, but he, if I'm remembering correctly, has no accessories. So... Uh, and bullhorn comes with a lot of stuff he had i mean megaphone aside he also has like a little he has a gas mask and he had a uh, like a like a kind of like a briefcase that where you could assemble um like a rifle stock and a scope and a barrel that all came apart and then you would put him in his backpack so he has a lot of accessories for a figure of this era and for me to not have any i thought man i might as well just go all in and just get a whole new get the whole thing so that's what i did i bought a complete bullhorn something that i could mark off my list and in the off chance that he's in better shape than the figure that i have you know i've got a now i have a figure to trade or sell down the road and i picked up another figure that i knew that i didn't have complete although he was closer to being complete than this and that is a shockwave version one now if you're not familiar mm. with shockwave version one jaren i would encourage you to go ahead and take a look at him because he's a great figure shockwave is like a swat guy He's like blue, like a like a got a bluish color and stuff. Right? Yeah, sort of got the same beachhead vibe, except he has a hat also on top of his little like mask. So or, he's cooler. Or uh, baklava, whatever they call that. Uh, wait a minute, baklava. Gotta be careful. Like, one of them's a dessert, and one of them's a yeah. I think I named cover. the dessert. He is pretty sweet though. <laughs> hey yo. Um, so the shockwave that I had, I, I only had a submachine gun. He is notoriously known for having kind of a hard to find handgun and knife and i also so i knew i didn't have either one of those things so again i was like ah, i'm just gonna go ahead and get a complete one and again in the off chance that his superior figure then i'll upgrade i'll have an extra to trade 
you know, no big deal. So that came in, and I'm pretty happy about that. More so than Bullhorn, because I think Shockwave is a great figure. I think he's very popular with the community, and justifiably so. He has a great look. It's a great design. And, yeah, I'm really happy to have knocked him out of the list. And that's one more figure that I don't. Uh, when I do get him up, I'll, I won't have to worry about it. And that's pretty much all the vintage figure stuff I picked up. Like I said, until I can really see what I've got and what I need, it is hard for me to buy figures. Even though collecting and completing figures is like my number one passion, until I can get my collection out and accessible, it's going to be hard for me to remember what I got and what I need. But that is the plan, is that when I start putting these figures back up, I'm going to start getting pretty serious about trying to complete a lot of the accessories, at least up until the era where they start putting them on those trees. Because once they put them on those trees, suddenly every figure came with like 15 to 20 things and they were all the same reuse stuff and it loses a lot of the appeal for it for me. So I'll probably just go back, just like I'm doing with the vehicles, I'll go back to the beginning, start making a list of what I got and what I need and just start trying to start knock that stuff off. I'm going to go ahead and knock this off as well because this is something, this is like some of the newer stuff that we got. But I did finally, well, I'm not going to say found. I bought a retro grunt from the new wave. It, I had to go online and buy it. I was literally going to a Walmart every morning, three or four days a week and <laughs> saw where they had put it put the tags for them knew that they were coming because movie figures and classified stuff was simultaneously hitting and somehow i guess in the three days that i didn't go somebody found them and bought the whole wave you it was almost like you i wasn't sure if they were ever there or not but i missed them and it was definitely a breaking point for me where i went all right forget this i'm just gonna pay the you know whatever the markup is which is about 10 i paid about 10 dollars more to get it shipped and that's fine it was worth it the retro grunt figure is great it looks really good i don't love the head mold but the figure part itself is very 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 good and i'm really really happy with it and i'm glad i don't have to keep looking for it anymore <laughs> I didn't find the other... I'm not going to pay extra for the Cobra Officer or Trooper, whichever the other one is on this set, because I do have it pre-ordered from Walmart. I'm not in a hurry to get it. I know what it looks like. It's not going to change my life. But I, I really wanted that grunt so I could see it firsthand. And I'm glad. I like it a lot better out of, out of the packaging then. Every time I see a picture of that grunt, I think it... like it, Every time I see it, I think it looks better. Like It, it just is kind of growing on me. I might put a head swap on them because... I just, it just doesn't look like Grunt to me. And it doesn't, it's not a great detailed head sculpt to begin with. But, and it's really the only part of it that I feel like is suffering. I think just like Stalker, which is really a, a bit of a sea change in terms of how good these figures are, I think is they're really setting a kind of a better standard for what these figures deliver quality wise. Because for sure, the first few waves have only had very minimal, I think, improvements. They were really, really just the same crap recycled and up until scarlet obviously which has been a big hit because scarlet in the back market right now is probably worth about three or four times retail but since then i think that the, everything has gone up in quality that stalker is perfect is a beautiful figure and again i think that grunt follows suit so i am still excited to see what the retro wave has lined up for us Something also I forgot I left off my list that is worth coming back is I found a great deal on a carded Outback version 4, which is kind of like the hard hat Outback from the Battlecore era. I got this figure on card shipped for like m maybe $20. Very good pricing. 
I know that this comes late in the wave, and because of that, popularity is at an all is at a low. And I have a I've talked about it a lot off air, but I really want a V1 Outback on card. And if you are not a regular collector, the variation there is a mint on card V1 Outback is about a four hundred dollar purchase, which is I mean absolutely outside of my my range. It would have to be like a special thing or I would have to get it at a trade or sell some stuff to get to, you know, to even be able to start shopping for one, much less just pull the trigger on it. So anyway, I, I was like, but I love Outback. And I, so I found this and it was, like I said, dirt cheap. I thought, I'm going to go ahead and get this because I do have a handful of figures from the late, you know, post 90s era that I think is that I think are real solid and this is no exception I I like this a lot and I like having mint on card figures regardless of the era we're reaching a point where kind of all the vintage stuff is under the under the microscope more or less in terms of value so I don't think I will I don't think I'll regret that in the long run I'd like to get it somewhere where I can get some kind of protector for it and maybe not display it I mean it is a battle card figure after all but I'm, I'm pretty happy to have it. Um, and then I'll throw it back to you. But something that I know we both picked up is we did both find a classified breaker. We did. And we I know that we have, I've seen your pictures of it. So I know we have both opened a classified breaker at this point. As I am throwing it back to you, do you have any thoughts on that figure now that you've got it out of the box? Um, I love the figure. It, I have the same complaint I did when they announced it. He should have some kind of weapon that is not the minigun on the ram cycle. I remedied it by using an extra, um, I actually used an extra beachhead holster, uh, like his fur on his thigh. Uh-huh. I know some people that have seen online have been using Flint's uh, thigh holster, and that's also worked wonders. The figure itself is really good. Um, I love the, the redesign that they did on him, putting all the communication stuff on his helmet. I think it looks, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I do kind of wish that he had a big old chunky backpack just because I think it would be fun, but it makes a lot more sense this way. Um, I know I've seen some aftermarket people making those big communication things for the back that I might eventually pick up one um, just so that I can have it for the fun. Um, But, man, this is a perfect base body. You can change this web gear and make him any of the original 13 for the most part. I mean, you switch his, you switch his head and his webbing and you've got a clutch, you, you know, or a grunt or whoever. You know, sometimes it takes me a while to open classified figures because I don't have anywhere to display them yet. And I, so I'm kind of at a loss as to what to do with them other than just, you know, just to check them out. But I really wanted to see this in action. And I'll have to say that I think the breaker figure looks good. Uh, if I was going to add one thing to him, it wouldn't be a weapon. It would have been some bubble gum. Yeah. I think, it's, I think that's a pretty big miss considering even the modern figure at one point came with some bubble gum. And as, as, as we are covering the original issues of the book, it's truly a defining characteristic of Breaker. True. But the figure itself is great. Mine did have some kind of wobbly legs, but doesn't, uh, you know, I'm not super uptight about it. Uh, it would have been nice if they were, you know, a little bit stiffer, but no big deal. What I will say is I am blown away with the quality of the Ram cycle. Um, yeah. The Ram cycle is really over delivers compared to what I had seen up to this point. When I got it, I was like, wow, this is great. Put it next to the coil cycle that came with Baroness and it was like, this is no contest. Coil cycle is interesting. The Ram cycle is exceptional. Really good dedication to detail on what makes the Ram cycle 
the ramp cycle, basically. They hit all the high notes. But and just like Breaker itself, they made some minor improvements in it that are that go a long way. Like the way that the turret gun looks on the side. It all works, man. Whoever designed it is gets an A-plus from me. I hope they continue in that line. I know that there aren't a lot of iconic vehicles that are this scale in the G.I. Joe line, so I'm glad they started with something great. In general, the idea that Breaker got made this early in the series is mind-blowing to me. Absolutely not something I would have ever thought was going to happen. And for it to come with a great rendition of a you know, one of the very first vehicles is a big hit. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go from here. Like, if they will bump it up maybe to the next size. I mean, I, of course, they're not going to make a flag. I've made my peace with that. Um, but if they start making vamps or badgers or... I say one of those is feasible and the other is a pop dream, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to start I'm going to start a, a petition for them to make the first vehicle they make a badger. I think that it is an inevitability that sometime in the next five years we will see a G.I. Joe vehicle or project show up on the HasLab mm. which if you're not familiar with, the HasLab is kind of like the, I'm going to call it like basically Kickstarter for toys. Yeah. They they say, here's something huge. Might, you might more recently be familiar with the Marvel Sentinel that they just did. And the idea is we need X amount of people to commit to spending this much money and then we'll make it. And I think that that is something that we will see. I don't know what it's going to be. And I have no idea how expensive it's going to, uh, it's going to be expensive. I can tell you that right now. I think, and now I don't know what vehicle, of course, you know, that would be up to them, but I think it could be that next size. So you could see like a rattler size or a dragonfly size or something like that. Like that to me, trying to think in my brain, scaling it up. Um, or heck, I mean, maybe even going up to like a sky striker, something in that range would be, cause I mean, they try to normally be about three, 400, right? I think that's where most of them have been falling. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'll back it if they, if they make a, I need to start, <laughs> I need to start telling them that everyone wants a badger. That's what I need. I'm going to start just getting on every single social of every person that's involved with the GI Joe brand. I'm sure they'll not block you for that <laughs> trust me everyone i talk to i promise a it's a big hit <laughs> everyone loves it okay okay stranger <laughs> block yeah <laughs> all right give me some more stuff that you got okay so going off the classified i also got my heavy heavy artillery uh roadblock uh, i was lucky enough to get him he mm -hmm. is awesome i love that figure um now, don't get me wrong, I actually still like the previous one a little bit more because I like the, the green that they had on the second, the, the repaint of the original Roadblock. Um, I like it just a bit more. I like the tattoo and I like the beard, but I really like this figure too. So I'm, in my mind, I'm going to figure out which one gets to be Roadblock and which one moves over. Um, I'm guessing V2 or, you know, the repaint will probably end up being uh, heavy duty or someone like that, or maybe a whole new character. And this this one will be Roadblock because it seems like people are more receptive of this version. But I, I think it's great. The The gun is, it's the same as the Ram Cycle, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't, haven't you know, looked at them in a second, but they are different colors slightly. So, but yeah, so I picked up that one. And then I also got a barbecue. Uh, classified barbecue. I 
I, I bit the bullet and I got one. I think the coolest thing that I picked up recently was that I got the prize pack from the uh, Escape Theaters. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what came with that? Yeah, so that was really cool. So Escape Theaters had a giveaway. Uh, they did it on Facebook. There was one winner chosen at all Escape Theaters, which I don't, it's not a giant chain. You know, it's not one of the top two. Um, but it's there's there's a few of them around. So they were doing a prize pack giveaway, and it was really it looked really cool. They've got it on their Facebook. You can go back and see. Um, it's another one of those videos that I've recorded. It's in the can, but it has not been edited yet. Um, but it was really cool. So they sent us a note. On the note, it was like, "Hey, thanks for doing all this." Um, or th- thanks for you know like watching the movie and here's all these cool things. Um, and then in the original prize pack announcement, there was supposed to be a pullover, like a like a pullover jacket. And so in the in the note, they were like, "Hey, it's actually shipping separately, so we apologize. Here's a action figure." And so that's the note I saw as I first opened it. So I was like, "Ooh, what's it gonna be?" And it was a Snake Eyes from the Origins movie. So that was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a free figure. All of this was free. I'm ecstatic about it. But I was like, "Man, I was really hoping it'd be something like limited or something." But uh, wouldn't it have been wild if they were like, "Hey, thanks for winning the Snake Eyes movie Origins. Here's a gung ho figure." <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool. So I started opening it up. There is a decently sized canvas, which is really cool. It's got artwork from the movie. There is a T-shirt, a uh, snapback hat, all of it embroidered with you know Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins. So, I mean, it is awesome. There was. A, they did end up, I did get the, the pullover only like a couple days later. So they apologized and gave me a free toy for like a couple days of not having something that I won for free. So I was, I was not going to complain. I, I am super ecstatic about it. Um, and then it had a really, a really cool backpack. I mean, it is very cool. You can use it as like a satchel or as a backpack. It's got the G.I. Joe logo on it. It's it's very cool. And I'm still debating on what I'm going to do with it. So, if, uh, if Greg, if you have any ideas, you just let me know. Yeah, give it uh, to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that that would have been the idea that you had, huh? Just off the top of my head. So, I mean, it was a lot of really cool stuff, and I'm super grateful that they, that I mean, it was chosen at random. It's not like they were like, Jaren, you are getting it because we like you. It was right. very much a random draw. It's uh, I would like to say that we're big enough that they were like, yeah, let's send anything Joe's a prize pack, but that wasn't the case. It was very much a, it was a random draw, and we got lucky. I do think it might have had something to do with the fact that in my comment on the announcement of the drawing, I was like, hey, we rented out a theater for your movie like (laughs) there can't have been many people that have that could say that i would say that the box office backs that up that we are (laughs) one of the few people that took the whole thing um but no it it was really cool i mean it is it is the first time that i'd ever really won something like that so i'm super 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 happy that i won it uh, and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with all the things that jacket, that pullover is amazing. Like my wife is trying to steal it and it's a, it's a battle constantly to try to get it back. That is pretty awesome. And it's cool to see some stuff that is not like available to the general public. So that, yeah, that was real cool. What a, like a, it couldn't have gone to a better home unless it had gone to mine. So <laughs> I'm sure half of it will end up at your home anyway. All right. So. We're running a little long, so I'm going to do a couple of 
uh, rapid fire stuff, and we'll talk about them as in a, as kind of a collective, and then I'll let you wrap up and we'll move on to the mail. Um, so here are some vehicles that I purchased. These are all vintage vehicles, and they are all complete. I picked up a Coastal Defender. I picked up a Cobra Rat. I picked up a Fang Two. Mm. Um, I replaced my Havoc because when I unpacked mine, the wheels had snapped off of the bottom. And I also knew that Jaren's Havoc had body damage. So I thought, well, I'll replace this and then my old one, I'll let him kind of pick and choose to patch his up. And then in that same, I bought these in bulk. I bought the Havoc, the Fang 2, and this last thing all from the same guy. And the last thing is, of course, a Badger. Yes! So One of us! One of us! <laughs> I've never owned a Badger before. <laughs> But this guy was only selling like four vehicles, and I wanted two of them. I thought, well, if I can get a good deal on this, I'll take it as well. <laughs> you begrudgingly bought a Badger. You're, you're right. I mean, the Badger is a pretty good vehicle. It's got could use a paint a paint do over, but yes, it's perfectly fine. It's a good it's a good vehicle. I think if you darken that green up, people would absolutely love it. I've never owned a Fang 2, and it's extremely cool also. It needs some new stickers, but otherwise it looks great. And I, that Coastal Defender was something that was on like those early 80s on my checklist of things to get. was well, kind of hard to track one down that's complete. It was bonkers. It's literally just a trailer, and then it tr- kind of like opens up almost Transformer-like and has a bunch of weapons and stuff inside. <laughs> Would could never physically, I could never imagine using it in any scenario, but I wanted to get it, check it off my list. So I was actively pursuing it there for a bit. The other thing that my other bulk purchase is, I bought some FSS figures and a con figure, and I will list those now. I bought a figure subscription service, Slice, Repeater, Hit and Run, and Iron Claw. I bought all of these from the same guy on eBay. They were listing, I'm talking, everything under the sun, man. They had almost a complete FSS, tons of con figures, tons of sets all loose and they were selling them all and i thought man i could kind of go in at a fell swoop save a little bit of money on shipping and knock all these out and i'm happy to say that with this purchase i am essentially done with the fss Woo! yay yeah it's not i do not have a complete set but there are some things in the fss that i think are just not worth my time or money. For example, they made a lot of Tiger Force figures, especially in the early FSS waves. I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. Not you, Tiger Force Outback. I'm not talking to you. You stay over here. You're you're good. But they made like a Tiger. They made like a Tiger Force shipwreck, and they just a bunch of stuff in the early waves that is not. I just don't want them. I don't have any interest in them. Not even to complete the wave. They'd have to be dirt cheap, and they're not. And I think there might be one or two other figures that just didn't really fit in what I was interested in collection-wise. They made a Nano Bat or an Inferno Bat. I can't remember which. Maybe both. And I was like, I don't. What am I going to do with one sixty-dollar troop builder? I just it just doesn't have a place in my collection. So I I say I'm done in the sense that I'm done for me. And I had already bought an Iron Claw. I might have even talked about it since we started doing this show but it was carded and this guy was selling one that was loose and complete i thought man this would be one i could play with i leave my carded one carded which because that's an illness that i suffer from 
so I added him onto the list as well. And all those figures I just named are great. Can understand why that FSS repeater is a one hundred plus dollar figure because it is absolutely amazing. Doesn't do it justice every. I've, every time I've seen it, I thought, yeah, I want this, but do I want to pay this much for it? But now that I have them in hand, I'm like, wow, this is one of the best FSS figures they've released. Uh, and I also got a con figure that I wanted. Uh, probably I don't know. It's been several months, but on order of battle, Joel was talking about a con figure from the zombie initiative set and it's basically a sludge viper but he has a unique personality his name is repulsor and he comes with like a little dog that's been zombified and he has his own persona this is very in my wheelhouse because i love characters that don't have a lot of uh, identity they only have a file card they've never been in the comic they are basically blank slates and i wasn't even aware that this guy was a thing until i heard about it on the show i just thought they had packaged it with a sludge viper but this guy's supposed to be like cesspool's right hand man and he's like a real kind of like mind bender level doesn't care what happens to people you know not maybe not experiment on them but he does seem to have like a low morals he just kind of will do anything to get the job done he has a removable helmet so he also has a like a, a his own unique like face he's not just a sludge viper that you have to pretend is a unique dude he you can take his helmet off and make him so i found a real good deal on that guy um much lower than the market average and uh, he's very cool i'm already a really big cesspool fan i think he's a great character doesn't get enough love so i thought man i could really and I just mentioned I repaired my Toxo lab, so like just kind of like this faction of Cobra is kind of getting like a little uptick over the last month. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy to get that. Have only got a couple things left on the list. I'm gonna throw it back to you, and then I'll, we'll wrap up. Okay, so the the first thing is previously you talked about sealed figures, so I got a Kellogg's Mail Away Lifeline, the one without the gun. That was a pretty cool figure. I like that version. It matches up with kind of his persona, his um, pacifism. So that was a really cool pickup for me. I enjoy that figure. Um, I have a regular lifeline as well. So it's cool to have them together. Um, And then I had mentioned earlier I was really trying to find a V2 Snake Eyes. Um, And I'm happy to report I finally found one that was in a good deal. It's not complete. I, I I didn't get a timber with it, and I need a sword. But other than that, I mean, I got it for way cheaper than I'd seen any other ones going. So I'm very happy with, with the deal, and I'll, I'll track down the, the parts that I need for it. Um, and then uh, working on my original 13, as we're finishing our original 13, I got an MMS and Hawk. That is uh, where I'm doing swivel arm, mm-hmm. V1.5. So I don't want to do straight arms. Um, no offense to people who love those. It's just that's not what I want. Um, so I got a, I got swivel arm hawk. So I'm like, I'm like, I think I've got seven of the 13 if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So you're doing good. It took me a lot longer to complete mine for sure. Little, little over halfway and, uh, working on getting a, um, getting a zap right now and, uh, uh, trying to get those 13 done as we're winding down the comic issues. I'm like, man, I kind of really want to have those done. I've got a picture in my mind that I want to post when we post that, that final, the, our farewell to the original 13 or the, the last comic. So, mm-hmm. um, trying to get those is going to be a, it's going to be a fun little challenge, but I don't think I'm going to get them done in time. So those, those were kind of those, those are those last two. And then my, everything else that I've picked up, no, I've got one more, sorry. Then everything else will fit all together. Uh, 
in our Crisis on Infinite podcast, we made jokes about G.I. Joe Valentine's, and there was two versions. So guess what I went out and found on eBay? Both versions of the G.I. Joe Valentine's. <laughs> did you get the ones that followed up into a paper airplane? I did. You best believe I did. I got to see that in action. I want to <laughs> take a step back. You know, I was talking about what an iconic figure Beachhead version 1 is in the line, but a Snake Eyes V2 is maybe the, the definitive G.I. Joe from the vintage line. Everybody's got their favorites, and Snake Eyes V2 is not my favorite, but if you took a person off the street and were like, what's the best G.I. Joe? I have a feeling Snake Eyes V2 would win a lot of votes. It Maybe other than, I don't want to throw something out because people will write us, but I think it's I think that is almost like the face of the vintage line in a very real way. So finding that figure in any capacity, uh, unbroken, is is something to celebrate for real. Yeah, I think uh, I think to me that's probably the one that like if you took that toy out and asked people on the street what is this, I think that would be the I think that would get the most an- correct answers. Yeah, you're probably right. Like everyone would be like, oh, that's the that's the that's a GI Joe guy. You know, or you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, so the the last of my pickups, and and it's I'm not I don't feel the need to go super in depth on these. Um, is I I think we had talked about it in the last episode. I went super hard into uh, Star Brigade. Mm-hmm. The best sub team in GI Joe. <laughs> That's nothing um, yeah. controversial about that statement. Yeah. Um, so technically, two of them aren't actually Star Brigade. I got a. I, I guess uh, Shadow Viper is not. I don't know if he's not or what. Where they fall. I got a Shadow Viper and an Astro Viper. The Astro Viper is V one. So I got those. Those to me will fit in with those, even if they're not technically supposed to. Um, but I love those figures. I'm a sucker for things with helmets. I've found that out. That is something I want the the stinking the deep six with the bright orange helmet because it's a helmet. Like I don't know why. I like figures with helmets. Um, I blame the Mandalorians and the the stormtroopers and clone troopers and stuff from Star Wars. <laughs> um, so then I got a I got a Pogo in box complete. I haven't opened it because I feel bad about opening it, but I got it for the same price that I found opened one. So I was like, well, why wouldn't I? At least this way, I know it's not broken and not missing things. Um, so that's that's I'm excited about that. I think that one's pretty cool. The um, I think it's called the Pogo. It uh, is called the Pogo. I like the Pogo. It's it's different for sure. Um, so then uh, I was working a lot of like I was trying to find deals with people instead of just going on eBay and paying their their prices. So I found a couple people and I was working deals at the same time and I actually ended up with two ozone v2s okay so i have two of those for some reason now but hey that's more than i had before this so um yeah so so payload v3 i got a payload v3 i got a target a target 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 yeah yeah so that's uh v2 right is that that's the the star brigade one the golden purple one mm-hmm. so i got him uh once again kind of a helmet looking thing so I think that one's pretty great. I got sci-fi. I got both V3 and V4 because you can never have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I got countdown V2. I went hard into this star brigade and I'm not done. I'm going to complete the whole sub team. Yeah. That's uh, quite the start. And uh, uh, you know, oh, I still got, I've got two more. Oh, okay. I've got two more. I've got space shot and I've got uh, countdown V2. 
Oh no, Space Shot's a good find because that's a that's a unique figure. They didn't. There's never been another Space Shot. That's the only. That's the one and only. As opposed to characters like Payload, that they you know they pumped out two versions within a year of each other, and mm-hmm. they reused that mold like crazy. Yeah, I think the Space Shot's a super cool figure. I, I mean, I like all of them. They have little helmets, and and I'm doing these as hey, I want the helmet. That's the only thing that I'm like it has to have. I'm not trying to find it complete. I'm not trying to find it on card. I just want, if it has a helmet, if it's a character with a helmet, it has to have the helmet. Um, I have guns. I don't need them to have guns, but it has to have a helmet. That was my mentality when I uh, uh, when I was just trying to get figures. I was like, I really, the helmet is really the only defining thing that I absolutely have to have with them. Yeah, if they had like... If it's a specific figure with like a backpack that's actually like unique to it, not just like a here's a big storage thing or here's a you know a here's a Sonic Fighters backpack, you know where it's like a a, a gimmick, mm-hmm. um, you know, then then I would probably want those. But there's none that I've seen that I'm like, oh, I have to have that backpack. Are you gonna buy an Armorbot or what? Oh, absolutely! I've got a couple on my watch <laughs> list for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I really want to track down those. Uh, what are those things called? Like the power fighters or whatever they are. Yeah, those are with like I think one. The one comes with gears and the other one comes with a something viper. That's a techno viper. Yeah. So I want yeah. those, but those are ridiculously priced right now. Yeah, we talked a little bit, a little bit about this as well because that thanks to uh, my friend Dustin McCoy, that gears was the very last figure I needed to have every figure in my set because he was at a con and was like hey mm. they have one in the box do you want it and i was like of course i want it it's the last figure please absolutely <laughs> and so that was like a huge deal so i have that i have that particular set unopened which is crazy now let me just say if you aren't following dustin mccoy on instagram you're doing yourself a disservice his his pictures are i mean far above what i will probably ever do like i just love seeing his stuff it's it's phenomenal Great photography. Uh, uses almost exclusively uh, vintage figures. It really runs the gauntlet of what you can expect to see. And yeah, you're right. Absolutely. He posts all. I mean, all the time. Really, really cool. You can find his Instagram at, at the Dustin McCoy. All one word. You should give it. A, you give it a look. It's it's extremely impressive work. I very much enjoy when it pops up. He always has a little like snapshots of some of a story element that's happening at any given moment in time. I think is very interesting. Also. Yep. All right, you got anything else? That that is all for me. All the sp- all the star gr- star brigade. Okay, so I got two things, and then we'll transfer over to uh, the mail department. Uh, and these are both unusual things. Um, so I found an auction on eBay for somebody was selling a mislabeled lot of vehicles. It was two vehicles that didn't have the names of the vehicles in the listing at all. So it went for a pretty good price, and it's they're both opened with sealed contents and one of them is the Cobra Hydro Sled and the other is the G.I. Joe Persuader and is Persuader the one with the with a backstop it is yeah it's okay. kind of like the bigger cannon it's a small I really I really like that vehicle though I do too and it is uncommon for me to find anything that's unassembled because it's obviously more expensive and typically isn't something that i feel like is worth the extra investment unless you're going to keep it unassembled and kind of get or maybe even get it graded which i'm not a fan of or i'm just not into i should say 
typically I'm just like, no, just sell me a complete one, you know, and I'll save a third of the price. But again, this was a poorly described auction. So I got it for a very good price. And I am conflicted to say the least, <laughs> because when I got these in and I was investigating them, I was like, wow, this is really an exceptional circumstance because I don't put together vintage vehicles like they are all they've all been assembled already I buy them you know pre-assembled so taking a persuader out of the box and seeing the bag still sealed the it has like a tree of parts that are untaken apart I felt challenged as to what the course of action was going to be my original intent was I'm going to buy these I'm going to or and I'm going to trade them or resell them to get more money out of them because somebody will want this and preserve it as is. So when I got it and I took it out, I was like, well, now I have different feelings. First of all, I don't know if I can make more money than it's, than it's really worth. So I'm now my thought process is, do I preserve this as is, put it back in the box and put it on display? I mean, it's made it this far without being assembled. And that in, in itself is kind of miraculous. Mm. Or do I kind of like treat myself and assemble a vintage vehicle for the first time since I was a kid? And as of this recording, it's still in the floor as is. I just can't commit to the proper course of action. And I would love to know the community thought process on what, what would you do if you came across something like this? I will say this. So the backstop that came with it is also complete and is i don't know if he came in a package like separately like if he was also sealed and somebody opened him up but it's clear that this figure has never been played with and that in itself was a very unique opportunity where i was like whoa this figure is brand new has never had his helmet put on as just he is a 10.0 mint figure and i had forgotten what that was kind of like because I also, you know, you buy used figures. You don't know what you're getting out of it. So I messed around with Backstop for quite a while and was just like, wow, he's just so, like, everything about him is perfect. He bends and poses exactly how I remember it. And I had not experienced that in a vintage figure in, a, you know, a very, 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 very long time, maybe since I was a kid. Anyway, so I've got that. I'm still kind of wheeling over what to do with it, but it was an unusual pickup that I got, you know, at a pretty good price. And I have a complete persuader, so I'm not like I'm not like stressed to have to add it to my collection. If I didn't have one, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I would have just put probably put it together. But because I do have one, I'm like, eh, what do I do with this? So that's on my docket. And the last thing I got, probably the thing I'm the most proud of out of all of this, is there was a dude selling a Flint versus Zartan diorama. If you've never seen this statue before, I'll throw some images up on the YouTube, but it is a Sideshow Collectibles exclusive. They made two versions of it. They made a collector's edition, which was limited to 500 pieces, and they made an exclusive edition that had an interchangeable Zartan. It's a, it's a scene where Flint is wading through a jungle, and he's coming around a tree, and on the other side of the tree, Zartan has got a knife in one hand, and his other hand, which is kind of behind his back he's got like a fake mask in his hand and it is like most sideshow collectibles an absolute work of art 
and something that I've wanted for a long time. If you went on eBay right now, you would see that the standard price, I'm going to put some perspective on this. The retail price brand new when this came out, which is, you know, this is old. I don't remember the exact time it came out, but it's been out for a while. The collector's edition was $249.99, limited to 500 pieces. The exclusive edition that has the interchangeable Zartan was $269.99 and had a lim was a limited to 250 pieces. So right off the bat, you know that there's, you know, there's not a ton of these out there. If you go on eBay and Google this exact thing and you pull it up, there are, uh, there are three listings and the cheapest listing starts at $500. That's so it's double what the retail was which is very expensive i would have had a hard time justifying maybe not justifying it but when it came out i couldn't swing 250 bucks even so and this is another thing that popped up while i was just randomly looking around just just randomly looking at gi joe stuff on ebay as i am off to do just to i'm just browsing basically and i so i found one that was listed and i'm going to tell you what i paid for it because it's important that you understand that i won this for less than the original retail price i oh, won dang. this auction for 168 dollars and 37 cents on the nose that's amazing what an amazing deal um it, and it's not only is it in great shape i mean it is essentially flawless when he shipped it he shipped it in the original box he shipped it in the original box and shipped that in the original mailer so <laughs> i was i was and am over the moon about it it's a beautiful display piece i got it at an incredibly good price like uh especially compared to what other people are asking for it to get this in the condition that it's at lower than the original retail price is a win beyond a win and i love it i am a huge zartan fan uh so i was already attracted to it had looked at it for years off and on and i'm always like well i'm not going to pay 500 dollars for it i just can't so just stumbling upon this randomly and being able to win it was uh, a huge victory and i love it i've got it on display right now and it's is absolutely amazing and that concludes uh probably about two months worth of recent acquisitions yeah i mean quite a bit and and i'm sure both of us have forgot a few things i mean it's just been we've been pretty lucky with with some of the things we've found yeah i have stuff mounting up all over the place i don't doubt for a second that there is stuff that i am not including this is just the stuff that i was like that i can retain in my memory that i've picked up uh over the last little bit and i'm stoked i am not disappointed about i mean maybe that cobra rat is a bit of a bummer but i knew it was going to suck when i bought it i was just knocking <laughs> something off that was cheap and complete and uh, i mean you did you were lucky enough to find a badger so some would say foolish enough but <laughs> but yeah i mean that's it's been a great you know haul overall and like i said this year has been gangbusters just in terms of how aggressively i've been pursuing finding good deals when in a time where the market is out of control for for you know across the board most stuff has gone up in price considerably so you do have to be very patient and if you get focused on one thing too much you will end up overpaying for it and that's not i'm not that's not always a bad thing like i have certainly overpaid for things on multiple occasions 
And if it's important enough to you, that's fine. I mean, and where I'm at and collecting from a vehicle standpoint, there are things where I'm like, I need to get this. And if I pay a little bit more to get it, just to check it off, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to, you can't live your collecting life with the regret of how much you pay for everything. Celebrate your victories and be happy with the stuff that you get, you know, regardless. The bubble the, I'm using air quotes here, but the bubble could burst any minute and maybe prices will go back down. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And you, it works both ways too. I have, I was selling stuff five years ago now that has quadrupled in value. Can't, I'm not going to live with that regret um, because it was the right thing to do at that time. I have to constantly be in a state of moving stuff out of my collection as I'm moving stuff in because of r- constraints in my room. So if I buy a shockwave and I have a shockwave, I, that other shockwave has to go. Even something as insignificant as a small three and three fourths figure on a large enough time scale. I mean, over this just over this year, I have probably acquired 15 plus duplicate figures. I buy a Rattler at Kentuckiana. It comes with a wild weasel. I have a wild weasel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it starts to accumulate and then you're suddenly like, Holy crap, I have two persuaders. Oh, now I have three sky strikers. Like I you, I have to keep that stock like I have to move that stuff out, not just for a room constraint reason also, but because I work on a limited budget. So, I can't if I find a great deal on a sideshow collectible statue, I can't just pull $168.37 out of my checking account because it ain't there, baby. I got to make that money. (laughs) And I do that by making sure that I'm selling stuff that is, you know, that I don't need in my collection at this exact minute. So anyway, that's a bit of a detour. But yeah, it's been a great year for collecting. It's been tough and you do have to seek out those deals. But I'm extremely happy. And I think at the end of the year, we'll kind of go back and reflect. We'll have an episode where we reflect on all the stuff we picked up and maybe just kind of weigh in on, you know, what was our greatest, you know, triumph of the year? What are we going to look for next year? So on and so forth. Yeah. One year of collecting G.I. Joe and I've got a decent sized collection. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't take much sometimes when you get the fever. Need to slow down. So we got mail, which is not incredibly uncommon, but we and just always got a letter. and always appreciated. But this gentleman had some questions for us, and so I thought we would talk about it a little bit. Uh, this letter comes to us from Patrick from Knoxville, Tennessee. He says, "Hi guys, loving the show. I'm super new to collecting. The retro line got me back into it, and I've been enjoying the journey with my eight-year-old." Responding to your call for questions and suggestions, I would love to see a resource discussion for collectors. Here are some questions that I've been piecemealing while listening to you all, as well as reviewing some websites. Question one, what resources do collectors use to learn about figures, certain books, websites, etc.? One thing I've run into is seeing a figure in the wild and knowing it's G.I. Joe, but having no idea who it is or how to identify it. So let's take these questions one by one. He's got six questions for us, and they're all great questions. These are especially useful for people that are brand new to G.I. Joe or are coming back to G.I. Joe after a long time, which hopefully is a big part of our show. As Jaron is learning, we also wanted to make the resources available for people that have been out of collecting for a long time or are getting into it for the first time to have a jumping off point of understanding. And Jaron, I think your opinion will be especially important here as you have the same mentality as a new collector. You know, um, 
in terms of what this gentleman is talking about in terms of resources. So in terms of resources collectors use to learn about figures, there are probably really only two prominent websites that people continue to use for identification purposes. Even the casual user is probably going to know that one of them is 3djoes.com, which is run by Carson Metaxas, an, an amazing asset to the community. And the other is yojo.com, which has been a valuable asset in the past, but has had basically been abandoned. The people that own the website are no longer interested in basically keeping it updated. And we are finding on a daily basis that things are disappearing from the website with no one to fix them. Like Destro V1 is gone and is probably gone forever. It just becomes a broken link and there's nobody there are there's no administration to take care of it so most people in the community are shifting or have shifted to 3d joe's there are some limitations to that uh i because i i think 3d joe's is a better resource bar none in terms of the detail and the amount of information that you can find but it's important to note that 3d joe's is incorporating more content uh as they have added to the amount of people that are working on it but they don't have any modern figures. You're not going to find any classified stuff, any retro stuff. They don't have the ability to identify weapons like Yojo does. So Yojo at, does still have lots of resources that there are essentially no competition for at this point. But we know as time progresses and 3D Joe's continues to build and expand that they will eventually get to that point and they'll kind of be the definitive catalog system going forward. Those two websites were, are going to tell you anything that you're looking for. If you go to yojo.com and you're like, I have a Cobra Commander, which one is it? You can look up C for Cobra Commander and they'll list all 50. And it's just a matter of looking through them until you find the one that matches the one that you've got. And they also have a lot of stuff on that, on both websites. You can, if you wanna look at their file card, if you wanna see the accessories they come with, all that stuff is, is there for you. If you are looking for baseline information on identifying a gi joe figure a vintage figure always has a year stamped on its inner thigh on the leg or the butt if it's very old and that then you're basically 90 percent done take that year plug it into either one of those websites look at the 15 ish figures that came out that year you'll be able to figure out which one you have i will scroll through both of those websites just looking at them by date, like out, like it is not uncommon for me to sit there and go through and be like, what are the 84 vehicles? And then I'll go through and I'll be like, oh, that's cool. And then I'll go straight to eBay or Facebook groups and make us anyone selling these. This is something that I'm kind of interested in. These things I think look really cool. I mean, that's where I've found most of the things that I've liked is from doing that, just kind of scrolling through. I mean, like, Oh, look, I mean, it would be cool to have a shark. Let's let's see if anybody's selling a shark right now and, and then ending up. And sometimes I'll go through and then um, see other things that are similar to it and then f go on just kind of a tangent. But, um, I mean, I think it's re – they really are. And, I mean, 3D Joe's is, is coming along amazingly. I mean, making strides like crazy. I mean, just following along and seeing as they update stuff is really cool. Um, well, I mean, I like that they do like the, the 360s, you know, and things like that where like everything is kind of, you can see it from all angles. Um, I think really the, the biggest thing also is finding some, finding some groups, finding some Facebook groups or chatting with us or like, I mean, on Instagram, there's quite a few different Joe people on there and, 
and then coming to coming to conventions as well. Like I mean, you're you're uh, you've got a lot around you. Uh, we've got two and and around us, which you're not crazy far from us. Um, maybe make a trip. I mean, if if you're able to. That kind of leads into the second question. What are the main news slash information sites? So far I've found Histank, but are there others? Histank is absolutely a great resource and is one of the few uh, information sites that actually has a website attached to it. If you're looking for up-to-date information, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Full Force. The Full Force runs a, I mean, he's got basically all social media feeds tied down. You can find him on Facebook. He does Twitter. He has a YouTube channel. They do a weekly update. And he will, he covers the most minuscule piece of information. If it has any tether to the G.I. Joe universe at all, then Chris is almost certainly got it <laughs> under wraps. Uh, so I recommend joining his face, the Full Force Podcast Facebook group. They do a weekly recap at the end of the week where they kind of take all the news and talk about it. And he is, well, I, mean, I would say, maybe the premier news source out there. But there are other great resources out there. What's on Joe Mind does a live feed at the end of every week also where they recap the news. You can join our Facebook group at Anything Joe's Pod on Facebook. We also, you know, uh, I filter out news a little bit more aggressively probably than average because there are some things that are just, I'm like, I don't care who the new head of Paramount Movie Studios is. Um, I really just want stuff that's specifically related to the brand, but uh, I would say that those those two, and then also us, are probably <laughs> the best resources for m- main news and information at this time. And there are a lot of other people that recap it uh, kind of on a casual basis, so it just depends on how large the news source is, typically on how far reaching out it is with other coverage. What are some of the places besides retail and eBay to find Joe's? I've heard you talk about Hasbro Pulse and Big Bad Toy Store. Are there others? Um, it just depends on what you're looking for, really. I use eBay on probably more than any other resource out there because I only go to a couple, a couple of conventions per year. And if I'm ordering something that's upcoming new stock, I will lean into the two that you've already listed. I'd like to pre-order from Big Bad Toy Store because they have a flat $4 shipping on almost all items. That's a very aggressive um, way to purchase. And they'll also let you build up multiple items and pay that $4 for several things if you don't, if you have the patience to wait. Hasbro Pulse, if you pay their $50 yearly membership, is free shipping and early access to some content, which I also think uh, I at least got my $50 out of what I purchased from them this year. Yeah. So I don't re- so I don't regret upgrading to that. I've also recently pre-ordered stuff from Entertainment Earth, which did a good job with fulfillment, and I think they fulfilled that Snake Eyes and Timber two pack maybe earlier than almost everybody else out there. With you being in Tennessee, another one would be Dorkside Dork Toys. Uh, that's for like new like classified Joes and stuff. They're in uh, they're in Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that would probably be a pretty quick one. Yeah, um, and that's really there's really not a ton of other stuff out there. Jaron, I know you probably use a little bit of a larger web of retailers than I do. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Any probably sales that you shop kind of regularly? I mean, those are the biggest ones. I mean, if you're you know if you're wanting to get really into it, you can go to like Robot Kingdom for things that are overseas, things that are exclusive. Sometimes they'll have things that are like exclusives here that are sometimes easier to get over there. Um, and then of course all your regular 
I don't recommend going to a place unless it's an exclusive when we're talking about like Target, Walmart, GameStop, Best Buy, all those things. Um, I, I only recommend going with those places when they have an exclusive. If you're looking for older stuff, um, you might try looking for... I'm, I don't really think that the, the, the yard sale thrift shop find is so rare nowadays. You know, check your local goodwill because those finds are <laughs> few and far between nowadays and will om- almost certainly waste more of your time than be rewarding. Um, however, if you are willing to travel a little bit or maybe you have a trip that's coming to take you through certain areas, there are definitely comic book and toy retailers that deal in vintage toys that are known for specializing in G.I. Joe stuff. Kokomo Toys comes to mind right away. Kokomo Toys has a expansive collection of G.I. Joe stuff and is a real thrill of a store to visit. Oh, I guess I would be remiss since you live in Tennessee to not give a shout out to Destro Soy Den, who's based in the Nashville area. Um, you should reach, if you're looking for something specific, reach out to Todd. We've dealt with Todd, I mean, I, almost every time I meet him, I have something. He has something that I want and is bar none one of the most aggressive sellers out there. Uh, we have a great working relationship with Todd and he has never disappointed me one time out of all the stuff that I've purchased from him. So you should reach out to him. He uh, almost certainly does comic cons in your area and would be worth the time to, to see what he's got. And if you're within a road trip, I mean, being in the Midwest, you've got your, uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio has a couple really cool shops. Uh, Louisville, we have our uh, South Louisville Toy Mall, um, and you know I'm sure there's there's other places that are, but not too crazy far that maybe you could plan a weekend trip or something like that. Um, that would be really cool. I mean, like going to the toy department and going to uh, uh, what is it, Toy Crate? Uh, what's the other one? House of Plastic, and uh, there's a few other ones there in Cincinnati. Um, we've got Villans in here in Louisville as well. Uh, so there's a few within not too crazy far reach that maybe you can come up to and hit if you're wanting to spend some time really hunting Joes. What are these shows or conventions for collecting I should be paying attention to in terms of when they are and what they cover? So there's only about three or four G.I. Joe exclusive shows that I think really put the spotlight specifically on G.I. Joe stuff. And they usually do tend to pop up on our feed pretty regularly because we do our best to either cover or attend them. So obviously uh, Joe Fest is one of the largest ones out there. And that is, that takes place in June. The 2022 date is June 24th through 26th. That's in Augusta, Georgia, and is kind of still considered the, the uh, hub for GI Joe collectors as it, you know, that's its specific theme. But as we often talk about, and uh, not unfairly because it is in my backyard, um, <laughs> the Kentucky and a G.I. Joe Toy Expo, which takes place in July in Louisville, Kentucky, is a smaller show, but is get, it seems to improve every year. We always have a great time at those. and It's not expensive to attend or even stay nearby. Is easy to access, has lots of good stuff. Has been so successful, they've branched out to another show, which is coming up on January 15th, 2022, and that's their second Winterfest. Same concept, but an even smaller smaller one. I, if you had to pick between the two, obviously Kentuckiana is the bigger event, but if uh, the timeline is more fitting for you, uh, I think Winterfest is a great stop in and is 
will be the second. You know, I, that's something that I'm already kind of thinking about because we had we made a killing at Kentuckiana. Like the stuff that we got, bar none, was cheaper than I could get anywhere else. Um, so it's definitely worth your time. And also a little bit outside of our traveling distance, but every person's different. Assembly required it happens in Iowa. That is November sixth, twenty twenty one. Those guys have lots of great stuff as well. They have an amazing uh, like attendance package where they are having they have stuff three D printed. They make shirts. They have some of the coolest like creator co- creator convention created. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, creator convention created products available uh, and it's definitely worth looking up I'm still not sure I understand black major slash repro figures is he using original molds to create o-rings I love them and am buying some I just wasn't sure exactly what they are on that same topic what is kit bashing let me work backwards through this and I'll talk a little bit about kit bashing and then Jaren, I'll let you talk a little bit about black major. Cause that's something that you've been getting into yeah. kit, kit bashing is a very simple term. Uh, it's off, it's sometimes also called LBC, which is essentially meaning that you are assembling a figure and you are doing no construction on it. You don't need to put any paint. You are not, uh, you're not changing any part of the figure other than the way that it is assembled. So if you take a vintage figure apart, and you make a new figure using the parts of say three or four other figures and that's the only thing you do that is what a kit bash is you've just bashed a bunch of parts together didn't do any like arts and crafts but and you've made a new figure i like to call those the only customs i will ever be able to create yeah absolutely don't take that tone to for me to think that i am looking down on it i do a ton of lbc or kit bashing and have made some fantastic figures out of it sometimes the best solution is the easiest solution and if you're interested in customizing is a great part is a great place to get started something that doesn't require any technical skill whatsoever just a screwdriver is all you really need and you can get going harder with modern figures or like the retro figures but even then, sometimes I'll pop a head off and put a new head on, and boom, you got a whole new figure. Uh, Black Major stuff, or and Red Laser, also two guys that they do. They basically are molding old vintage parts and then repurposing them. And so, for example, they might take a Snake Eyes V2 and cast a mold of the entire bo- every part of the body. Then they send it off to the factory and they mold however many. He comes back and then they get painted. Um, in, a, in a professional capacity, not like hand painted, obviously, because he distributes. Th- I guess I'm assuming upwards of thousands of them, and then he'll put a spin on them. So he'll take a Snake Eyes V2, and here's what he looks like if it was in Python Patrol, or here's what he looks like if they had made a Tiger Force. Uh, here's you know I have some Stardusters that were Black Majors that are here's a Starduster if he had been a Night Force fi- figure. Here's mm-hmm. a Starduster if he'd been in Air Patrol. Here's a Starduster if he'd been Tiger Force. These figures are not the same quality as an original vintage figure. They, uh, I'm not going to say that the plastic is inferior in any way, but they definitely have some hiccups. But you aren't going to find anybody else making new, uh, you know, classic O-ring style figures out there. So, uh, and the price is certainly, you know, as aggressive as it, you know, going out to, and picking up a retro figure from Walmart. So I think that, I think it's a, a sweet spot in terms of creativity, quality, and pricing. What are your, as someone that has, that has more recently started looking at Black Major stuff or and repro figures in general, Jaron, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, I really enjoy them. Uh, for me, that's kind of like my fun, like head cannon of like, oh well, if this, you know, what if they needed a bat in an Arctic setting, or what if they needed, or what if the entire Joe team was like, uh, you know, in space, like Star Brigade, because it's the best. Um, you know, or all these different things where they they kind of change or alter it um, and create a new character or a new version of a character. Um, I think it's really great. I mean, I just picked up some that were like the early days of G.I. Joe, where it's like Hawk when he was young, and like it was a custom, it was a black laser, or uh, black major, sorry-esque um, figure. Yeah, I don't believe it was actually made by him, but there, you know, a lot of people do that. Um, I follow a few people on Instagram who they'll make five or six of, of one and you know they just custom do it on their own and you know it the quality comes with the process that you're using it's not that they're doing anything to make it worse it's just it's hard when you're taking a one figure and trying to make a bunch more from that one figure the quality is just not going to hold up the exact same the copies aren't going to be as good as the original but um i mean you can find some really cool like i've got my my favorite thing is to find the different versions of the bats the 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 ones that they do are so cool i've got like a white black and red one i've got like an all black one and all red one like there's there's so many different cool uh just different variations and it's you know sometimes they'll change arms and do things like that and kind of they'll kind of work in a kit bash with a uh, repro and some of those are really cool as well what am i not thinking about in terms of resources that i should as a new collector i am going to say that for the most part the everything that we've listed at this point is going to give you everything you need to get started if you want something a little more physical in hand to utilize i am always going to recommend the ultimate guide to gi joe 1982 to 1994 uh by mark palomo uh, he has written a series of books that is basically snapshots of every figure, accessories they came with, interesting facts. I also have owned for many years the Collecting and Completing G.I. Joe, Joe Figures and Accessories book, uh, which would probably be a little bit cheaper to find. And in terms of for collecting resources, those are really my two go-tos. I have had that Ultimate Guidebook for so long that I actually have little check marks in pencil as I was collecting when I was younger and stupid and put marks in books. But thats I don't think that's a necessity at all. 3D Joes and YoJoes.com historically for the last 10 plus years probably has been the go-to for what, you know, it will it can answer almost any question out there. If you stumble upon something randomly that you can't find there, then there's nothing wrong with hitting one of the many Facebook communities out there and saying, hey, I found this gun. Who does it belong to? And someone will effortlessly tell you what you've got in your hand. Uh, and it's something that I've had to do as well. Um, there are a lot of pieces out there, and it's not always easy to, to know what you've got. I think the biggest thing for me to say would be to find a find a group um, or, you know, try out, try out a few groups and find one that you kind of vibe with. Uh, it's, it's really nice. You know, I've got people that, uh, on our Instagram that I've interacted with and I've got a nice little community that I'm build that I'm, I'm part of there of, uh, Joe collectors and we chat and send each other messages and we'll talk. I will say it is also dangerous to be in those groups because you see all these cool things and you're like, Ooh, I want that one. Ooh, I want that one. Ooh, I want that one. And so it might spur you on a little bit too much, but, uh, 
that's a big one is you know being able to talk with fellow collectors fellow um fellow enthusiasts of gi joe and just uh, in general you know it's uh it's a it's really good to be able to do it not on your own for me it will likely be newer retro and classified and i will likely start picking up the black major figures because i love the army aspect of them Maybe going back and getting some older figures that I liked. I was really playing more as a kid in the 87 to 89 era, so Tetris Storm Shadow. By then, you really couldn't get the older figures, so collecting now is also a fun way to experience the figures I could find as a kid. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. So, the good news is, the 87 to 89 era is probably the, I won't say the most affordable, but is in a price point right now where most figures are fairly easily obtained at a reasonable price, even by today's market. And my advice to you also, as somebody that's getting back into it, is to don't take anything too seriously as you collect. Definitely go for the figures. Go for figures that you had as a kid that you loved because they will spark a uh, an element of nostalgia in, and it keeps that fire alive, I think. Anytime I find or a figure that I had as a kid, there's a special attachment to that because I am reflecting on you know the adventures that this figure and I had, went on. And as far as older figures uh, or figures you couldn't find as a kid, same principle, basically, like just kind of approach it for figures you always wish you had. Pursue those first and because that's a kind of a separate thrill where you are seeing a piece of your childhood that you didn't get to experience as a child. And it's a very special thing. Anytime I pick up a vehicle or, or I mean, less likely a figure now because of where I'm at. But if I get a vehicle that I've never seen in person before, it's almost like you have stepped into an uh, an alternate dimension where this you know this vehicle got made and but you don't you didn't know it ever existed and I think that's great to see something that you didn't get to play with as a kid but are familiar with and and see it in a toy form I think is a lot of fun and I think fun is the key word there don't collect it in too literal of a sense you seem like you have the mentality of the the best possible mentality for it is that you're approaching it in a fun and casual way to pick up some pieces of the collection um to both rekindle your childhood passion for it but also to get some stuff that uh child patrick just didn't have a way to access and that's the freedom of being an adult baby just buy whatever you want and uh and live through that experience or find your joy through you know that collecting habit so thanks so much for writing in patrick uh greatly appreciated and all very good questions for you know for all newcomers out there you can email us directly at anything at gmail.com and you might also be featured on our show you can also find us on the social media or on facebook uh, instagram and twitter all at anything joe's pod uh, and you can find our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash anythingjoes, where we are not only have these episodes, but we have reviews of figures and, you know, anything that we want to review or discuss will pop up there as well. A great resource if you're listening to our comic book episodes and you want to see the comic but don't have it physically, you can read it along with us on the YouTube channel. And I think that will wrap it up for us today. Two short weeks. We'll be back with G.I. Joe number 10 which I am extremely excited to cover something that I have, we've been building up to, and this is going to be a good one. I'm, I'm extremely excited to get into this one. And is the, is the final OG 13 story before new characters start to get introduced. So we hope you'll join us then in two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on anything. Joe.